Good morning and welcome once again. And uh, beginning of the week, I started out with uh, working on a different message. And uh, a lot of times it seems like we start at point A and we want to get to, to point Z, but there's a lot of different ways we have to go around that. We have to lay down a lot of foundation. We have to put all the building blocks together and the pieces of the puzzle together to be able to have everything that we need so we get a full understanding. And a lot of times we, we want to get somewhere and we have to back up and go again and just being in a different direction. And uh, events and what goes on in the world sometimes dictates that and we just want to do what God has for us. And uh, sometimes it's not always that cheery. Because uh, the truth of the matter sometimes is, is difficult. It's not what we want to do. It's not what we want to hear. But it's, it's necessary because it's what God instructs us to do. And uh, let's start off this morning in Matthew, Matthew 7 and 13. Enter ye into the straight gate, for the gate and broad is the way that lead us into destruction, and there may be go threat. Because the straight of the gate is narrow is the way, which lead us into life, there are few there that find it. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today, Father, to get into your word. Father, we ask you to lead us, guide us, direct us over to hearts and minds to receive the Lord. Just take myself out of the way, Father, and let your, your true message shine through. No one ever said that being a follower of God was going to be easy. And we oftentimes get a, a false sense of security at that, that we think that once we accept Jesus, that once we get that baptism, that once we join a church, that that's it. That's, everything's going to get dramatically easy from there. We expect God to just take care of all of our problems before they ever happen. And a lot of times we get frustrated because things don't work out the way we do in our minds. We paint a picture, and that picture is not a reality of who God is. We don't take the time to know who God is. We don't study why and how he works, what his laws are, and why he has them in place, why he tells us to do what he tells us to do. We forget that we are in a battle, light and dark, good and evil. Satan comes as a roaring lion to what? To kill, to steal, and destroy. Those are big things. Steal, kill, and destroy. That is who our enemy is, and that is who is attacking us. That is who we are at war with. Well, we don't want to think about those things. We only want to think about the good, the positive. We want to take the, the easy way. And that's one of our natures as being a human is being able to take the easy way out. We don't want to have to, to work hard. We don't want to have to do difficult things. We don't want to stretch and grow. But these are the things that we have to do 
as being a Christian, as being a follower of God, as being a born-again believer of Jesus Christ. These are things that we're going to have to endure because that is part of it. The gate is narrow. The path is small. We have to work for it. We have to overcome so much, and we have to rely on faith. We have so many things out in front of us that's trying to direct us. And it's so much easier for us to just go with the herd, to go with the group, to follow along, than it is to stand up against what is wrong. And uh, today we were going to talk about, about prayer. We were going to talk about the hows, the whys, the ways. But this week, just some of the things that I've seen and read and, and, and heard, there's a, a much bigger problem we have to take care of first because we have to have the faith to believe that God is going to do what we ask of him. We have to be willing to do our part and stand up and not waver when it comes time to stand up for God. To come time to show people who we are and whose we are. They uh, have been passing legislation in the state of Texas that's bans abortions past six weeks. Well, in my opinion, that's a triumph for God. That is people that's taking a stand that's saying this is what God calls for. He says that we shall not kill. He says that children are a blessing. He says that these are not choices that we are to make. And we, we try to justify our actions. Whatever it is that we get involved with, we want to justify our actions because we want to feel good about what we do. So we say that it's a necessity. You know, babies have been born thousands of years without the aid of all these tests and without the aids of electronic sonograms and all these things that can predict what may or may not happen. But the one constant that we have is God. And the one thing that I have seen, see, I've seen doctors be wrong many, many times. I've seen them give low survival rates. I've seen there be things that's supposed to be wrong not be wrong. And you know what else I've seen? I've seen that children that are a little bit different, that what we call not normal, that may have be special and have special needs, I see them loved and cared for and taken care of very much so. We have the technology to see these things before we happen so we can 
do away with them, but we also have the technology that we can care for, that we can overcome, that we can make right. But yet we say we should just do away with these things. Then they say that there's certain situations in which there's a, a violent start and that these should be taken care of as well. Well, that baby had no choice in that situation. And that doesn't affect who that baby will become and how much it is loved by the people around it and how much it is loved by God. You know, we forget about that, that God loves each and every soul. And that we are allowing His creation, His children to be destroyed before they ever have a chance to seek Him on their own. But most importantly, they say that they're now being denied their freedom. Being denied their freedom. That it's their body and their choice. And I think that is, is laughable. Because that's one freedom that we're willing to stand up for and protest and fight against. You can see in Texas right now, they're holding up their little signs and having their protest. And it's such a big deal because they're taking away their freedom. But yet, we'll be allowed to be locked in our homes, kept away from work, forced to wear masks, to have mandates for vaccinations, to do all these things with our bodies. Because one person says that this is greater than the other. Life is the most grandest thing. And then it was an article that spoke about how that this was the most unimportant things that we can do as Christians because that these unborn babies are not that important compared to everyone else that's already here about the homeless and, and the uh, gender inequality and the race inequality. That all these things are so much bigger. Not in the eyes of God. We are all equal. And he has loved us since we were in the womb. Since that conception, since that heartbeat from the very beginning, that is when God knew with Gat is when his love starts for us. But we try to justify our actions. We let our human side take over to justify our actions and we make all these excuses, we make all these rules, 
And there's only one rule that matters. You know, and I tried to, to think about a way. How is it that we can know that we're, if we're doing the right thing? Because we have to make all these decisions now in life. And we have so much stuff coming at us. And we have to determine what is believable. What is the truth? What do we need to cling to? And what do we need to throw away as the garbage that it is? And it's simple. It is very simple. It is to filter it through the Word of God. So when we see a thing about abortion, so how should we feel about it? It doesn't matter how you personally feel about it. It doesn't matter what your opinion is of it. Because these things don't matter. And I know I'm probably hurting some feelings right now and people are going to maybe turn this off and not want to hear it. But the fact of the matter is that your opinion doesn't matter. And what people think about you doesn't matter. Man's opinion of you doesn't matter. There is only one thing that you should be concerned about. What is God's opinion of you? And Christians, I am talking to you more than anybody else right now because we have backslid greatly. We're more concerned about the, the rituals. We're more concerned about how we dress, what we do, the socialization than we are about learning, spreading, and receiving God's Word. God says that children are a blessing. Thou shalt not kill. So what if there's a problem? Well, how about we go over there to Jeremiah 30.17. For I will restore health unto thee. I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they're called on thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seek after. I will heal thee. There's another little verse in there. By the stripes of Jesus we are healed. There is nothing that we can't overcome. Many times... Abortion is seeked as a form of taking care of an inconvenience, undoing a mistake. Life is never a mistake. And you had your freedom. The choices you make is your freedom. God gives us free will. He allows us to do as we wish. He gives us guidelines to follow and he allows us to ignore them or he'll allow us to be blessed and prosperous if we'll just apply them to our lives. We are not to cover up one sin with another.
It's been challenging now for well over a year. It's been challenging before, but it's been real challenging now to get people in the doors, to come together because of fear. Because of fear. Because we're scared of, of, of getting sick. Because it's all over the news about how all these things can happen to us. And Christians, I'm talking to you because we're supposed to be the believers. We're supposed to be the ones with the faith. We're supposed to be the ones that setting the example. And we're doing a poor job of it. You know, because we were fine till a couple years ago till they started putting all this danger over the news. But you know, there's been things that can get us all along. Things that pop up unexpected. We have cancers. We have blood diseases. We have tumors that pop up. We have all these things. We have accidents. But one thing that we forget is that we are children of God. The worst thing that can happen to us is life, is death. But if you're a born-again believer, that's going to put you in the presence of God. Not a bad trade-off. We sit here and we talk about purpose. We want to know what God's purpose is for our lives, but yet we are cowering in fear because we're scared to go out into the world. We are relying on men, women, people in control, our modern day kings. You're like the ones that God said that you don't need because trouble is going to come from them, that we should follow him, follow his instructions. They said, oh, no, we're going to keep you over there at arm's length. And we want we want a ruler. We want a king. We want someone to tell us what to do. It's a, a human mentality. And we see that still keep popping up. We keep getting told that we need someone. God has given us everything that we need. He's given us his word. He allows us to go to him in prayer. You know, you have questions, you can talk to God. You have situations, you can talk to God. The person that knows the beginning from the end. He knows what tomorrow and the next day and the day after that looks like. He knows what your purpose is. He knows what your end is. He knows all of these things and he knows how to get you there. But yet we do not seek him. We seek the news. We seek men. We have people coming up on our TV screens and our phone screens and our newspapers and however else you get your media telling you that you're not smart enough to know what's best for your children. That we should leave that to the hands of experts. There's only one expert that I'm following, and that is God, because he has all the answers. You know, that's the thing. No matter how much we think we know, you know, you could be doing a job for years and years and years and years. 
You could be what you call a professional in your field, an expert. But you know, there's still come times and you're going to find out that where there's some, it might be a better way of doing it. I've been bringing the Word of God now for a while. And you know, there's times that I look back from where I started and my perception has changed because I've learned more from studying. I have learned more from communication with God. More doors have been opened up. More pieces of the puzzle has come together. Things are not always rigid. It's always growing and expanding. There is more. God says that He heals. He's given the power onto us. Hebrews chapter 11. That's a chapter of faith. God keeps giving us these things to look at. To see what He has done and what people, just like you and me, people, men, women, in sinful bodies that face the same struggles and challenges, what people have been able to do with faith. With faith. By faith. 11 of 4. By faith. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified of his gift, being dead, speaketh. And what do we do? We hoard. Danger is on the mist. We hoard to make sure that we have enough. We've given up the idea of charity, of helping our fellow brothers and sisters because we're only concerned about us having enough. We don't allow God to provide for. God will provide a way. If you are doing what you're supposed to do, if you have faith, God will provide a way. Just because you can't see it, just because it's not right there in front of you, just because you don't have all the answers, doesn't mean that God doesn't. And five, by faith, Enoch was translated so he should not see death. And six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. I've been talking this. Faith is the key. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear and prepared the ark, which saving of his house and by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. And eight, by faith, Abraham was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for the inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned the land of promise and in a strange country dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs, which of him the same Promise by faith. 
We are not living like we believe there's a God. Like we believe that God exists. We're only concerned about what is right in front of us. Do we pray for our unborn babies? We're going to get into prayer, but we have to start thinking about these things. Just lay a little foundation down. What do we ask God for? How much time do we spend in prayer? And is it truly heartfelt prayer, or is it just the, the ritualistic to get the check mark on our daily task? Are we really talking to God? Are we really letting Him know what is on our hearts? Are we really allowing Him to work? We know that we have to give to receive. We have to rely on Him. But are we doing it? Are we just hoarding up everything we had just in case? That's not faith. That's not believing that we have a God that provides. God does not want us sick. He does not want us hurt. He does not want us out of commission. He wants us to be examples. But we get so bogged down in our, our situations. We go back and we look and we're just completely ignoring everything that we can't see. We look at the world and we're concerned about the world. This world is temporary. God designed it that way. We're worried about a big infrastructure plan. We're worried about having electric vehicles and doing all these things that if you just study it a little bit, really makes no sense and really is not going to accomplish anything. But we've got this big picture distraction that we have to take care of this world. God's already taken care of it. God already knows. God's not going to let us run out of resources. God's not going to let us overpopulate or any of these other things that they're concerned about. God's got this in control. He is the creator of all of this. He did not just put it all together. You know, like sometimes we, we go to bake a cake and then realize at the end that we forgot some ingredients. God's got all the details laid out. God knows every detail of everything that's here. Do you think it's an accident that we have all the, the minerals and iron and all the things that we use to create all the things that we have that we use today? Do you think it's an accident that we have all these variety of plants, these animals, of all the things that we consume from them? That there's so many different municipal things that we can use that comes right from the earth. That is by design. That is not by man. That is by God. And we think about how great we are and all these ideas we come up with. We're just using what is already here. And we're using the God-given knowledge that he gives the people. You know, we're designed to work together. Each of us have our own abilities and techniques and things that we can do. And we're supposed to come together to work together to be God's hands and feet and to be a family unit. We're all supposed to be brothers and sisters. 
We see that Satan doesn't want that to happen. Satan wants us to be egotistical, that God doesn't do anything that man does. God wants to, I mean, Satan wants to, to divide us up so that all the principles of God doesn't apply, that they look like they are, are worthless. But that's all illusion. That's all part of the lie. That's all part of the deception. And then we see that, of course, any time that we have something that goes towards God, we see it receives opposition. So they took the decision to the Supreme Court trying to shoot it down. But the Supreme Court says, no, it stands. But it's not good enough because Satan doesn't give up. Satan doesn't give up because he doesn't want these things to come to pass. We're at war. We don't, he doesn't want God gaining any ground. He doesn't want us to, to feel anything, to feel that peace that God can bring. He don't want to see God working in our lives. He don't want us to have a little bit of, of traction because that's going to build us up. That's going to make us feel better as believers. We're going to you know, be able to bask in a victory. He wants to tear it down. So we see that our uh, dict- I mean, president, excuse me, our, is uh, vowed to put his hand in this to get this taken care of, that this is not going to stand. We see our, our house leader vowing the same thing, that, that federal legislation will go out to take care of this is going to override that. We see Satan at work. We see Satan at work. And because it comes from a place we're accustomed to, it, because it comes from a place that we've been taught to trust and believe in and put our faith in, we accept it. We accept it as being normal. And then they continue to go on and say that, well, this word doesn't apply anymore because things are different now and the environment is different now. The culture is different now. So we have to modify things. God's word is just the same today as it's always been. It doesn't change. God doesn't change. He is the one constant in life. Our situations change, our health changes, our family status changes, our economic status changes, the culture changes, the world changes, but God remains the same. It's the same, same God. By faith, when Moses was born, he hid three months with his parents because he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was called to years, refused to call the son of the Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affection of the people of God. It's not always going to be easy. You know, we see countless examples of people in the Word of God. And they all share certain characteristics 
Number one, they're flawed. They have moments of doubt. They backslide. They make mistakes. They sin. Just like you and me. Just like you and me. And that's by design because God wanted us to see that if they can do it, we can do it. And we also see that they have times of great challenges that the world comes against them, that Satan comes against them, that there are times when they are not comfortable. They are times when they are downright tormented. You know, you look at Paul. That man went through a lot. They all went through a lot. But we also see great triumphs. By what? By faith. We've had this I don't know, disaster in Afghanistan. That's putting it mildly. And all over the world, and this is no opinion, you can take out your handy-dandy devices and look at some news broadcasts from around the world. The world is greatly disappointed in the United States. There is many, many, many people believe that mistakes have been made. But rather than be accountable for mistakes, the people believe a certain way. And they say that no matter what has been done, no matter what has been done, that uh, we still have to to move forward. We still have to have this support. We can't talk bad. We can't say these things. We have to silence our opinions on the matter because no matter what, this person was better than the last person. And there's no proof of that. There's no fact behind that. Fact is, it was a lot like the mob that was standing out there yelling to crucify Jesus and set free Barabbas. Because it just took a couple people speaking out. They were paid. They were told to go out and do it. And then the mob jumped on. And we keep putting, getting things put in front of us. Put in front of us. Put in front of us. And eventually we're going to come to believe it as fact. You ever notice that? We keep seeing things in front of us and it starts to stick to us. And then we'll start repeating it to others. Because we don't really know where it came from. We just have it ingrained in our minds. And because it's in our minds now, we believe it to be fact. And that's what's happening today. How many times do you turn on the news and you see anything about God? When's the last time we've heard about a godly miracle being performed? When have we heard something about a, a church doing something grand? Probably if we look back, probably the last 20, 30 news stories is actually going to be about a church doing something bad. that uh, uh, Some kind of conflict, some kind of disgrace, some kind of something that put a bad spin on church. When have we seen something good? 
It's not there. It's not there because that's not what the world wants us to see. That's not the opinion the world wants us to have. Satan is in control of the world and he doesn't want us to see that God is good. He doesn't want us to have faith. Because if we did, if we all had faith, if we all believed, if we all prayed strong, bold prayers and believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that they would happen, we wouldn't have all these problems that we're having today. We don't have a problem with a virus. We don't have a problem with leadership. What we have a problem with is a lack of God in this world. That is the root of all of our problems. When we see that a person is allowed to run amok and destroy things because they like him better than someone else, there is a word for that. That is called hate. It's not the fact that you like this person. It's not the fact that you believe in this person. It's the fact that you hate this other person. You know, we don't always have to like everybody either. And I'll wrap up in just a second. I mean, we're going close on time. Paul was not a well-liked person. He did some bad things. He had a bad past. And a lot of that stuck with him. But God was able to use him to do many great things. Even the people that initially worked with Paul was not very happy about having to do so. But because God commanded it, they did it. They did it. And he was able to do great things. So just because we have a, a checkered past, just because people doesn't like us, doesn't mean we can't do grand things for God. And that's what we have to look at. We've got to stop looking at the, the person, the personality. We have to look at where they stand with God. And if they don't stand with God, we need to start looking in a different direction. We need to align ourselves with like-minded believers. And people, your homework for today is, and I know you're not going to like it, is filter everything through the word. And you're going to see that God is greater than the world. Jesus has already overcome the world. Already done. What do we have to fear? God is bigger than sickness. He's bigger than the economy. He's bigger than anything that Satan the world, and man, and anything in between can throw at us. He has got us. And the only thing that we have to do is have faith. Our pa His power lies in our fear. His power lies in our fear. We can only be scared if we allow him to do it. But if we say, oh no, Satan, not today. 
My God is bigger than you. My God has already defeated you. My God has given me everything that I need to overcome. Every power. Every ability. Everything I already have. As Jesus told Peter, Satan, get behind me. We have nothing to fear. Let's start exercising our faith. Bow with me, please.